Thanks for joining us. We've got a couple quick announcements to keep you guys up to speed on what's going on at church. Every time we give, 10% of that goes to supporting incredible projects in our community and around the world. This past Wednesday, we were able to support Grace Resource Center in providing food to people in need right here in our community. And we're gonna continue doing that over the next several weeks as we navigate this unique season of life that we're all finding ourselves in. We're ramping up our efforts to support these kind of causes, and every time we give, we're a part of that. We're also actively developing tangible ways that we can be a source of support to our community, and we're really excited for you all to be a part of that. The best way to stay up to date on everything that's going on in our church is through our social media. We've completely reworked our content, and we're developing some really exciting ways for you guys to stay connected to each other and to our community throughout this season. We're gonna be starting a weekly fast on Tuesdays where one of our team members will jump on Instagram Live at noon and lead our church in prayer for physical healing, spiritual breakthrough in our nation and around the world. And for J-Kids, we're gonna be having weekly classes and challenges online that the whole family can be a part of. What's up everybody, hope you guys are doing well. We are going live on YouTube this Wednesday night. We have created an online experience just for you guys. We're gonna have games, we're gonna have challenges. This week is scare cam. Film yourself scaring your family members and send it in by Sunday night and you might win. We're gonna feature the winning video on Wednesday night live so everyone's gonna be able to see it. We have playlists, we have workout routines, we have online video game meetups, Zoom calls, there's a lot going on. You guys aren't gonna wanna miss it. And also, if you subscribe to our YouTube channel, you'll be entered in to win $50 gift card on Wednesday night at seven o'clock. So we'll see you then. Hey Journey, been missing your guys' faces. So we're excited to launch an opportunity to connect online. You can join us on Wednesdays from 6.30 to 7.30 because this is a time where the isolation period is really tough. So let's do it together. We're gonna take some time just to pray. Uh, to talk, to connect, and honestly just to see each other's faces for an hour a week. Just download Zoom, preferably on your computer for the best experience, but any of your other smart devices will also work. We're gonna be sending out a link later on this week through our social media and our newsletter where all you have to do is click that link and you're in. We may be practicing social distancing for the next season, but don't do this alone. We look forward to seeing you guys on Wednesday. There's a lot of things that we can do as a church, but we're also counting on you guys to individually reach out to friends and neighbors and at-risk members of our community and just shoot over an encouraging text or offer to pick up groceries. Whatever it looks like for you, this is a really unique opportunity for us to showcase God's love. Good morning, everyone. Wow, it's so good to have you guys back here online, Journeys Online Service. Second week that we get to do this experience in this way. And I'll be honest with you guys, this is such a challenging thing for me because I'm such a people person. I miss our gatherings in person. There's just no, there's just no way to replace that you know, physical context kind of thing. So although I'm so grateful you guys are here online, I'm really excited about what's happening here, but I, I can't wait till we can be together again. And um, speaking of that, man, you would not believe uh, just, the, just the outpouring of love and support and encouragement and connection that's going on behind the scenes here at Journey. Um, we've got our teams working, volunteer and staff just working nonstop to try and keep you guys informed and connected. It's a really interesting time for that. 
and um, they're working on some really special stuff for Easter. You do not want to miss our Easter service on uh, April 16th. So make sure you invite some friends. Be sure that you set the time aside because we're going to do some really special stuff um, for Easter Sunday here online. And again, this is a really unique time in the life of our church, in the life of our world. And um, it's just exciting to see how so many people are just stepping up and stepping in. As we talked about that last week, just been so proud of the response of so many of you, just wanting to donate resources and connect with others and help encourage. And with our social media going full steam, um, constant little encouragements and opportunities and ways for you to give others a little boost and look out for somebody else and serve someone. So keep an eye on our social media as well. Those are great places for you to know what's taking place. And, and today, I just want to spend a little time bringing you some encouragement because I know it's, it's continuing to be really a stressful season and there's a lot going on out there. So as we continue on looking at what it means to be the church at its best in this very challenging time, uh, I want to circle back to that concept and I, and I want to expand a little bit on something we talked on last week. This whole idea of being a calming and non-anxious presence, this, this whole idea of the church being that, that, that individual, that group that just steps in when everybody else is stepping out. So I want to talk for a moment today about how we resource that kind of love, how we, how we get to the place where we are able to step forward and move into those moments of uncertainty and difficult and challenge. But as you know, this... Um, Current crisis, well, it's not the only crisis we've been through. I know a lot of folks are like, boy, this is the worst thing ever, and it's, it's really concerning. But to be honest, it isn't the first crisis that we've been through, and many of us that we've been through together. You think back to 9-11. Um, my first weekend as a pastor here in the Antelope Valley was the weekend preceding 9-11. Two days after I, I was welcomed here as a pastor, 9-11 happened. And after that, we experienced things like the swine flu and SARS and the Vegas shootings and the worst collapse of our financial world since the Great Depression. I know that we've gone through crises together, but we've also gone through crises in a personal way. So many of you have gone through some really difficult times these last few decades. Some of you are going through very difficult times now. And what I've learned about all these things and all the different seasons of crisis that we've gone through is that here's what I've discovered. The best way to face crisis is together. And that's what the body is all about. That's what the family of God is all about. It's, it's an opportunity for us not to do life alone. We're meant to do this as a community. And that's why I'm just grateful that you're gathering around today and that you're making this a priority to join with us on Sundays at 9 and 1030 and that you're inviting friends. And, and by the way, man, our, our services last week were blown up like nothing we've ever seen um, in our online context. And so we're really excited about that and I hope that continues just to give people hope. So whether you're watching all by yourself, uh, whether you're with family or friends or in a little circle of uh, neighbors, um, we just want to tell you that, man, this is the greatest thing that we do this together. And we want you to stay connected. Can I just tell you as your pastor that 
If you're feeling isolated, if you're feeling alone, if there are needs that you have that you're not sure what to do about, we are here for you. That is what it means to be the church. So please get in touch with us. Let us know how we can serve you or if there's somebody in your friendship or family circle or neighborhood that just needs a little extra care right now. Um, drop us an email at info at avjourney.com. We've got special resources set aside for folks who are going through stressful times financially and personally. You can get to, uh, get to that information at help at avjourney.com. Just email us there and uh, we'll respond as well. Connect with us on social media or drop us a prayer request on our website. Just click the uh, prayer request link. But as we do this, we just wanna encourage one another. This is a time where we serve one another. As I said last week, this is the time we do the one another's of scripture. We love and support and encourage and are there for one another. This is the time we do this together. So we just wanna encourage you, just don't be alone. Um, we wanna help you through this very difficult time. And so now on to today. Speaking of challenging times and difficult circumstances, we know that God tends to grow us more in the valley times, the times we're, we're in our lows than on the mountaintops. As a matter of fact, I've discovered that I can grow more in two weeks in a really valley low experience than I can in two years on a mountaintop, everything's going good experience. It's one of those times that we just really tune in and listen and press in deeper to God. And so I pray that this is one of those experiences for you that as you face some of these uncertainties um, with some of the tools we're giving you here today and from last week, that you just go in deeper. This is a season where you really learn to lean on God. Chances are some of you are feeling a bit of fear. I was talking with Lori just last night and saying, what, what do you sense? Because she's still out in the public sector. She's in one of those uh, categories of job that has to stay <clears throat> on uh, constant work. And so because of her work, I'm saying, what are you sensing from the people that you're around? What are, what are folks kind of communicating to you how they're feeling? And she said the number one thing she senses um, beyond just fear is the sense of anxiety. Anxiety. And that's what I pick up from a lot of folks too in the grocery store and just coming and going from the different appointments is folks are feeling tense and anxious. There's just, there's an unsettledness to all of this. Uncertainty does that. And, and we all know that sometimes we can get, you know, a little bit um, goofy with the way we respond to difficulties. As a matter of fact, there are some real unhealthy coping mechanisms. Maybe you're familiar with it. Uh, just take a look at these slides because here we have superheroes in isolation. Not a good thing, folks. Then maybe you've seen something like this. These are pets on stress. For those of you who are hoarding toilet paper, well, serves you right. <laughs> and then we have... Kids in quarantine. Some of you may have kids that are looking something like these kids right now. And these are the things that happen. Friends, I hope you understand, I'm not trying to make light of a very painful circumstance for many people, but I'm just telling you that, that we really do need to see that all is not doom and gloom. There are some bright moments and bright spots. And really, this is a human moment where we can laugh and enjoy one another in the midst of some difficulty. I think that's important. And, and I, I don't want to suggest that this isn't going to be hard and things aren't going to get worse because, to be honest, I mean, as far as I know, news may get worse before it gets better. But what I do know is that in the midst of all the hopelessness, anxiety, and fear, that we have a resource that allows us to be people of a very different spirit. And that's why I'm talking about this whole idea of, of what it means to be that non-anxious presence and where do we get that resource? How do we become that kind of a person? In the midst of the bad news, 
What I've discovered is the Bible has headlines too. We're hearing all these headlines. Well, God has some headlines for us. And today we're gonna to spend a little bit of time around this one headline and this one lead in that I just wanna tell you that here's what he's wanting to tell you today. God is your shepherd. I want you just kind of tune into that because you may not be familiar with the agricultural life and this may sound a little bit strange, but God is your shepherd. And today I just want to break that down. And the God who was in control a year ago when things were fine in a lot of people's lives is the same God who's in control right now. And he's the same God that's going to be in control next month and the month after and the month after that. This is a God who can be trusted. The Lord is my shepherd. And although we're in the middle of a crisis right now, and I'm not minimizing that, I know that we're going to get through this one. And folks, to be honest, after this one, there'll be another one and another one. Life in this world, Jesus said, will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. So what we're facing are a couple pandemics at the same time. First of all, we have the coronavirus, and then we have the fear and anxiety epidemic. Around us right now, all the responses we're getting, news and all these kind of things, there's so much fear and anxiety. How do you get together that sense of it's going to be okay? How, how do you come to that place where you feel like, hey man, God has this when you feel fear? And can I be honest? There's, there's a whole lot of people out there throwing easy advice. And isn't it easy to give advice when you're not the one facing the fear? when it's not right in your lap. It's easy to tell somebody who's facing a routine surgical procedure, hey, it's gonna be okay, it's just routine, right? I mean, you're gonna be fine, it happens to millions of people, everything is gonna go great. It's easy to be the person saying that when it's not you who they're putting the mask on and putting to sleep, when it's not you that's going under the knife, it's not you that's facing the surgery. It's easy to tell somebody not to worry about their financial situation, when you're a person who's not worried about your financial situation. But when your hours are cut or your job is at risk, it's a whole lot harder to say, hey, don't worry about that. It's easy to talk about not being afraid about the coronavirus when you're not in a high-risk category. But folks, let's have some compassion and let's, let's just kind of understand that folks are coming from all kinds of different backgrounds. And so let's kind of lean into what God might be saying to us, but not only that, but What's going on in the people all around us so we can be a light? <clears throat> so what do we do with our fears? And how do we remain faithful when we're feeling fearful? So I'm going to talk about this idea of what we do in these anxious times. And I want to do it from Psalms 23. Psalms 23 is perhaps one of the most well-known verses of Scripture in all of the Bible. People who know nothing about our Christianity or our faith know something about these verses. And so we're going to use these as our launch point. I'm going to begin in verse 4, and then we're going to kind of work our way backwards to the beginning. So here's what it says. David, the king of Israel, writes this. I like the NLT. It says, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are with me. You're close beside me. Even I walk through the darkest valley, you are close beside me. Now that phrase, darkest valley, in the original Hebrew, it can be tra translated shadow of shadows. I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, at night when something kind of goes by the window, when you see a shadow, when you're in one of those moments where you're a little bit kind of scared anyway, and then you see something that looks big and scary, isn't it funny that a little mouse with the right light can become a great big shadow? 
it's the, the, the scriptures are talking here. David is saying in the darkest valley, in the shadow of shadows. In other words, when there are things just creeping about that are so big and so ominous and so scary, you are close beside me. You're right next to me. When I'm in absolute darkness, when I have no clue what's coming next, and when the shadows cast in my life look like they're so ominous and scary, when I'm facing, facing depression and discouragement, when, when I'm facing despair or financial crisis, when there's tension in my marriage or relationships or with my children, when there's a valley of virus that's coming in my direction, it says, God, you're close beside me. You are as close as my breath. And that's what gave, gave David hope. And so make no mistake, God is close beside you. And whatever your shadows, whatever that valley looks like right now, God has not turned his back on you. God is still moving. He's still working. He is still giving us all that we need. And he's going to move us forward, no matter what it looks like on the outside. That's what David was saying. And you know what David is saying also? He's saying, look, when I walk through dark, dark shadows and valleys of kind of ominous, scary places, when I go through that, when I face difficult situations, and believe me, David knows something about dark valleys. If you read about David's life, David started out his leadership as a man hunted by the current king. God had anointed David to be the future king and the current king wasn't happy. So David was the, the most wanted man in the kingdom. He had all the subjects in the kingdom and all the soldiers in the kingdom and every single person out in pursuit of finding David. So David spent his first several years running from cave to cave and hiding place to hiding place. He knew something about difficult moments. David also knew what it meant to face difficulty in his relationship world, in his family. King David actually had to bury some of his children before his own death. He actually had to be the one who placed the dirt on the face of his own children. That is one of the most painful things a person could ever experience. David had. He also had to face difficulties in his other relationships. His first wife was taken away from him by that crazy king and given to another man. His closest friend, one of his best friends, betrayed him. He had to face guilt and pressure. And, and, and he says, in spite of all this, he said, the, in those dark valleys, I will not give in to fear. I will not be afraid. I won't let it over, overwhelm me. It, it's like he knew. Hey, I've been there before and I may go there again. But when I'm there, God is still with me. Now, friends, I want to just say that to you. God is with you. And I know that sounds so trite and so simple and whatever, but listen, listen, listen. It's for real. God is with you. Here's the idea for today, and, and you can just write this down if you want. This is kind of the key thought. If you feed your faith, you will starve your fears. If, if you feed your faith, you'll starve your fears. But if you feed your fears, you will starve your faith. If you feed those fears and you just kind of give them more and more focus and attention, your faith will shrivel. This is not a time to put our head in the sand. It's not a time to pretend things aren't happening that are ne negative and difficult. But listen, it's a time to be vigilant and to pay attention. It's a time to feed our faith and to believe that God is up to something right now, right here, and that is what we're supposed to be a part of and put our focus on. And, and so when we feed our faith, it literally starves out some of these fears. 
<clears throat> so how do we do that? Here's a couple ways. First of all, remember, God is my shepherd. Now, God is my shepherd. Look at what David said in Psalm 23, verse 1. He says it this way. The Lord is my shepherd. And he says, I have all that I need. David said, he, he lets me rest in green meadows. Just picture yourself in this imagery. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Man, David's just, he's picturing some of those things he's experienced as a young man, as a shepherd, in those moments where he just had those blissful experiences of life at its fullest. And his awareness was that this is from God, and this is our good God leading our lives. And David is saying, man, God is my guide. He's my leader. He's my shepherd. Just as David was a shepherd to his sheep, and he cared for those sheep, he's saying, God is like that to me. That's why it's so significant. And by, by the way, I just want to pause for a moment and say, this is really interesting because he said we're like sheep. Now, if you think about it, I don't know of a whole lot of TV shows or movies about sheep. Now, when it comes to animals, people, we love animals. I mean, there are shows, on, you can't even count all the shows about cats and dogs and, you know, even fish have their own movies and there are dolphins and Willie, you know, the whale. We're, we've got all these things. We have so many, we just have a love a connection with animals and we love to have them in our TV shows and our movies. But tell me the last time you saw a sheep in a starring role on a TV show or film. I I'm, I'm, I'm just came across one that they put out recently uh, a year ago. But other than that, I have never, I can't even remember a time where a sheep had a starring role in a film or in a movie. And, and that's, I think the reason is because sheep, well, frankly, they're not the smartest animals. And it, it seems like, you know, not such a compliment that we're called sheep. But folks, the truth of the matter is, in a sense, we're very childlike, like sheep. And there were some shepherds, I read this past week about some shepherds who gave some insight on what it's like to actually care for sheep. And here's what they said. They put it this way. Sheep are notoriously creatures of habit. Left to themselves, they'll follow the same trails until they turn into ruts. They'll graze the same hills until they become desert wastelands. They'll actually pollute the ground until it's corrupted with disease and parasites. Sheep aren't proactive. Sheep are followers. I've heard that if there's a whole flock of sheep traveling in one direction, there's typically a lead sheep. And, and if the lead sheep were to get too close and fall over a cliff, that the other sheep would actually follow that lead sheep. I, I mean, it's, it's, you think about it, it's gotta be crazy. It's like, hey guys, didn't Bob kind of like go that way and just disappear and then Sue and then, hey guys, we haven't heard from Larry in a while. Should we keep headed toward that hill? But it says they'll just keep going over the cliff. It's a good reminder of the predicament we're in as humans, that if you let your fear drive you, it'll take you right over the edge. But we have a good shepherd, and we have one who is saying, hey, follow me, follow me. And, and so, first of all, we, have, we just have to remember we have a good shepherd, and we need to remember who he is. That's David's point here. The Lord is my shepherd. It's God who guides my life. David put his faith in his great heavenly father and he said that, listen, I have so much going on in my life. Being a king is pretty stressful. Having your children rebel against you, pretty stressful. Having people seek to kill you all the time, send assassins, having your wife cheat on you, all these things, very stressful. But David, in the midst of all these dark valleys, he said, listen, 
God is leading me. I'm going to trust him in spite of it all. So this is what he's saying. God is with me in the middle of that valley. So how do you learn to follow him? How do you, how do you learn to follow the shepherd? Well, here's what my point. Feed your faith in your shepherd. So not only is your shepherd, but here's your action point. You've got to feed your faith in that shepherd. Some of us, we feed this idea that maybe God isn't so good or maybe you look at all these things and we just kind of want to, we build on the negative. But let me suggest that you are what you eat. I know we hear that in the media. You are what you eat and it has to do with our diets. But, but I think in a spiritual sense, this is true as well. That you need to feed your faith in your shepherd in order for your faith to grow. What you feed gets stronger and your faith will grow as you feed it. So Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In other words, God's speaking and he speaks through his word and when we get into his word, our faith grows. It's a way of feeding our faith in our shepherd. Now, when you lean into your Bible, when you get into the scriptures, I know that all scriptures do not speak to us the same in the same time, but right now there's some powerful, powerful places you could be reading. And I just say, get one of the Bible apps. Just download the YouVersion Bible app. Look at some of the devotionals that are going right now. They have reading plans. You can get some of those incredible things just from the YouVersion Bible app. Folks, you can listen to podcasts, our old podcasts, other churches, messages. Folks, I encourage you to listen to worship music. This past week, I came home, and since um, we're spending evenings kind of in-house now. It was interesting that um, one of the evenings, my daughter got to come home from Costa Mesa. She's here while she's on quarantine. And my kids just busted out the guitars. And the next thing I knew is our little living room was a worship set. And everybody was just singing with their just fullest voice and worshiping together. And folks, this is what I mean. When you feed your faith, when you just kind of feed, lean into those impulses to just trust God, to worship God, to look to God, to call on God, that will feed your faith. Now, as a leader, I'm watching what's going on in the world, and, and I decided that for me, I check the news, and I, I've mentioned this before, I've been a kind of an avid news reader, and I try to read broadly and know what's going on in the world from different perspectives, but during this time, I've kind of talked with Lori about this, and this is my commitment. During this time, with all the negative news and all that's going on, I have limited my exposure to maybe once a day. And for me, that's just one way of keeping my fears from getting too large by just feeding my fears. I've decided that for me, um, I'm gonna read scripture and I'm gonna read encouraging things and I'm gonna be in conversations that lift up what God's doing. And in those ways, um, I'm literally building my faith, but just diminishing those other things which tend to bring it down. So I'm gonna increase what I feed myself spiritually to balance my fear with faith. Fear is contagious. But folks, here's what I've discovered. So is faith. What if we were able to just get a, a viral faith movement? What, what if faith were to go viral? People are just like, man, I, just, I don't know. I just, I feel like I have this so, you know, internal drive right now to trust God. I just feel like I just need to trust him. It's time for people of faith to say, yeah, yeah, we get it. It's real. We understand all that's going on, but, but we can lean into God. But I really trust him more than ever. And God, we need a miracle. God, we need you to show up. God, we know that you are the only answer for what's going on in our world. But God, we believe in you. We trust you. David says, God is my shepherd. He leads us. He guides us as a shepherd. So maybe you want to just make some declarations this week. We can just declare, God, I trust you as my shepherd, even when the news scares me. 
God, I'm gonna trust you as my shepherd, even when people on social media are just putting out the worst possible case scenarios. God, I'm gonna trust you as my shepherd, even when there's no toilet paper. God, I'm gonna trust you as my shepherd, even if the stock market goes up or goes down. God, I'm gonna trust you even when the experts are disagreeing. I'm gonna trust you even when the government is a mess and can't come together on a package. I'm gonna trust you as my shepherd even if I see people wearing masks and I can't find one. Even if my hours at work get reduced. Even if I have to stay home with my kids for the next four weeks and you know, be a, a homeschool parent. I'm gonna trust you through this crisis to the end, into the next crisis and through that one in the darkest valleys, in the greatest shadows, in the shadow of shadows, I'm gonna trust you. And, and that, that is the, the first thing. And then the next, and this is simple, and I'm gonna wrap with this. Remember, David said God is the one who meets our needs. God meets my needs. He said, the Lord is my shepherd and I have all that I need. Another translation said, he meets all of my needs. He provides all of my needs. And can I just draw your attention to that? Because right now, um, it's important that we understand who's meeting our needs. It's not the government. It's not science. It's not your boss. It's not some good Samaritan. God said, I want to meet your needs. I'm the source and supply. It's God who provides for all of our needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. I have all that I need. Not all that I want. There's a lot of things I want. I don't know about you, but 2020 looks a whole lot different. There are a whole lot of things I wanted to do and accomplish and be about this year, and those kind of things are just out the window. I bet some of you had some things you wanted for this year that are really up in the air right now, and things are just very different than they were just three weeks ago. And I'm learning that this is a time for Jesus followers to open our hands and say, God, I have what I need. And it's not a time for me to worry about those things right now. It's a time for me to open my hands and serve others. It's a time for me to trust you to take care of my needs so that I can meet the needs of others. It's time for me to let go of whatever I thought was gonna happen and just lean into what's actually happening and what you're doing there. See, Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane and it was the night before he was gonna go to the cross. And he was so stressed, the Bible says that he was sweating drops of blood. And he said, God, in the midst of this, if this cup can pass, if I can bypass this thing, let it be so. If not, m not my will, but your will be done. Not my will, yours be done. I'm here, I surrender, use me. Man, folks, this is David's heart. He said, God, you meet all my needs. You, you lead me in these great, beautiful places. You, you take care of all that I need. Lord, you're a great provider and that David saw his responsibility then. It was his natural response to be the giver, the provider, the blesser of others. And that's where we find folks. Some of us, we're looking for the peace that passes understanding just by sitting in our room and keeping to ourselves. And I think one of the keys to this is when you not only turn your focus to yourself and your troubles, but you turn your focus outward to other people's troubles and you become a solution. That's when peace comes in as well, not just when you're looking at what you need, but when you actually realize God is met, he's meeting my needs. Since the good shepherd meets my needs, I can meet other people's needs. I'm gonna turn this around. I, I, I read this also, shepherds have a lot to say about sheep and what I've learned, they're some of the most fearful animals. They can't rest if they're afraid. We're all wrestling with fear right now. Some of you have probably lost some sleep. My guess is that some of you have had some pretty rough nights tossing and turning. 
It's hard to rest when fear is so present in our hearts. But it's interesting to think about sheep. Um, they can't rest if they're hungry. They can't rest if there's turmoil. If there's somebody who's you know headbutting another somebody, that they're just they're just a lot of things that cause sheep to be um, not able to rest. But it's interesting. It says when the shepherd comes in, shepherds say that when the lead shepherd comes into the space, everything changes. The dynamic immediately relaxes. They can calm down and rest because it's like, hey, the shepherd's here. We don't have to fight about who's right anymore. We don't have to, you know, headbutt it. We don't have to push our way. We don't have to, we can rest. We'll be provided for. Man, folks, this is the kind of thing I'm praying for you, that you get to the point where you realize that, man, God isn't just God up there. He's not just a creator out there somewhere, but God is my shepherd. He's meeting all my needs, and that's where you turn. I'm, I'm just saying, folks, right now, I just want to pray a prayer with you as we close it. You would just see him, this is my shepherd. I don't need to be in fear. I don't need to run around in concern. I, not that I'm not concerned about life and people around me, but that I can turn those things into a, t- a time and an opportunity to give what I've received. Do you know, by the way, where hospitals began? Speaking of giving, as I was reading this week, hospitals began in the Western world and it started from the Christian faith. It seems that during some of the greatest times of famine and plague, Christians were the ones who began to care for the sick and the dying, not even their own, just in general, and that's where hospitals first began. Rodney Stark, a sociologist at Baylor University says, if you look through the history in the cities where the plagues broke out, and there was a strong Christian community in in those cities, many of those cities, the death rate actually was 50% less than in other cities, up to 50% less death rate, why? because there was a Christian community that said, when everybody's running out, we're running in. We're gonna serve, we're gonna take care of people, we're gonna lean into this moment. It's not that we're irresponsible, it's not that we're careless with our lives, but when somebody's dying, somebody has to act. When somebody's in need, somebody has to respond, and that's the church. David said, hey God, I'm gonna trust you with my needs, and as you meet my needs, I'm just gonna turn around and meet the needs of others. And folks, just a few thoughts. some of these thoughts, I've been so inspired by some other pastors this week. I've been watching and listening to tons of other great ministries just to get my own faith back on its, in its focal point. And, and this is one that I got, came across this week. It said, fear says it'll never work. Faith says nothing is too hard for God. Fear says forget about others and protect yourself. Faith says don't get tired of doing good for just the right time. God will bring a harvest of blessing. Fear says, there'll never be enough. Faith says, God will provide my needs. Fear says, I'm paralyzed. Faith says, I'm empowered. Fear says, I'm alone. Faith says, I'm never alone. Fear says, God has abandoned us. Faith says, God will never abandon his children. Fear says, I can't protect my children. Faith says, God loves my kids more than I do, and they're his kids first and foremost. Fear says, it's a total waste of time. Faith says, nothing you do for the Lord will ever be useless. Fear says, things will never get better. Faith says, no one, can, no one who waits upon the Lord will ever be put to shame. Fear says, look at the size of these problems, and faith says, look at the size of my God. Fear says, the worst is bound to happen. Faith says, the best is yet to come. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no 
Mind is even conceived of what God has in store for those who love him. Fear says, I don't know if I can handle it. Faith says, with the Lord, I can handle anything. Fear says, I'm not up to the challenge. Faith says, God will fight with me. Fear says, God has brought me here to die in this valley. But faith says, God has not brought me here to leave me alone. He who brought me here will see me through. Folks, as we get ready, feed your faith and starve your fears so that your faith will grow. This coming week, um, I'm in prayer for you that you will just find the strength and resources that you're yearning for from your good shepherd. I wanna pray for you as we wrap up today. And the chances are some of you who are here today or watching online, maybe you don't have an experience with the shepherd that you would say is personal and deep. And maybe you've never actually put your faith or trust in him. So I'm gonna lead you in a prayer just at this time. If you would, wherever you are, just take a moment and bow your head and pray with me. Gracious Heavenly Father, as we, as we pause for a moment, I just want to take a deep breath, and as I do, I just want to breathe in the faith that comes from a person who's connected to the shepherd. You're not just a shepherd, you're the good shepherd. Certain shepherds drive the sheep, but the scriptures say you lead the sheep because you're good, and you lead them into good spaces. There's so many of us, Lord, coming from so many different backgrounds, with so many different concepts of what this is, this moment really is, what it means, where it's taking us, what comes next. But I'm so grateful that we have the opportunity to put our faith in you, the Good Shepherd, and that as David learned, that you are going to take care of all of our needs. Doesn't matter the valley, doesn't matter if we're in the matter for the shadow of shadows, the darkest space, or if somewhere in between, that you are there. And God, maybe there's somebody here today who's never put their faith in you. And so my prayer is right now that you would open their heart to the understanding that you love them, you've prepared a way through Jesus that they can know you. And that by Jesus and putting our faith in him, that we can enter into life to the fullest and have a relationship with God our Father and that you will become like our good shepherd. And friends, if that's you, I just pray that right now that you would just open your heart to God and whatever faith you possess right now, just say, God, I put my faith in you. God, I'm putting my trust in you. Jesus, I just ask you to come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Remove all the past grief and fear and garbage that's just collected over years and years of trying to figure this out on my own. God, I love you. I just ask that you lead me as I seek to follow you and I put my trust in you, my good shepherd. And we pray this today, Lord God, and we give you praise and thanks for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, I'm so glad you got to stop in today, and we're just gonna close out with a bit of worship, but also we just pray that next week you'll be with us 9 and 10.30. Invite some friends. Don't forget to connect with us online. God bless everybody. We'll see you soon.